Welcome to another episode of Paul on Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Shreef Almeida. He's with Paper Battery. He's their CEO, in fact, and we're going to talk about energy storage in general and the pressures being put on designers because of uh, small remote devices and the Internet of Things. But I'll let uh, Shreef all talk about it. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks a lot for having me on. I'm very uh, excited to tell you uh, a little bit about what we're doing, and certainly I think uh, the comment you made earlier on is is absolutely the driver for for the interest that we're seeing and the pressure that is being put on people uh, as these devices of uh, different levels are coming out is uh, is very very um, much driven by battery and runtime. And you have uh, a very uh, uh, shifting paradigm from computers and PC computers and laptops to smartphones, which basically drove the entire computing power into a volume that was one-fifth the size when you went from PCs to smartphones now. And, uh, and tablets uh, are now also being reduced to even more distributed computing nodes such as your smartwatch or a sensor that you're going to wear that's going to be communicating uh, with your smartphone. So uh, what most people are seeing in the new, in this current generation of these kinds of wearables and distributed sensors are uh, still tethered to some centralized unit where the main computing is taking place, kind of like a cloud format where the central computer is sitting somewhere on the Internet and you have these distributed nodes. Well, what's happening in the next generation that we are starting to see is these distributed nodes have even more computing needs pushed on them uh, as people say, well, if I leave my smartphone in the locker and I'm in my gym, I can't, my, my wireless uh, smartwatch can't talk to my phone on Bluetooth anymore, so I need my wireless smartwatch to actually go and talk to the tower directly. What if I'm getting a call coming in? I'm not going to be able to pick it up. So this kind of, you know, wearables um, and Internet of Things types of sensors are really starting to feel the pressure and the moment you have uh, this range anxiety, let's put it one way, uh, for these Internet of Things and wearables, you end up needing a pulse power mode that is pretty significant. And this is where what we're doing becomes very, very compelling. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Shreefal, when you think about it, my things in my mind when I think about these application spaces are, number one, form factor. These devices are small. These devices are often disposable or semi-disposable in the case of field sensing, in the case of port personal portable devices, depending on how you look at it, a year and a half of use is almost semi-disposable. But then form factor is one, but then energy density is another. And then the last is rechargeability because you could have an incredibly high energy density battery, but if you have to throw it away after each discharge, it's useless to you, right? No, absolutely right. And and this is basically the challenge when you have a battery design that you have to choose from. You have to choose the battery that gives you the power pulse that lets you talk to the cell tower, to the GPS satellite, to the uh, phone, to whatever it is that your remote unit, your wireless sensor is needing to talk to. At the same time, do it in a very restricted form factor and space. And the moment you have to select a small battery or let's say even a thin flat battery that is 
lithium-based typically or, or zinc air or whatever technology you may want to put into it, the moment you make that selection of form factor and limited space, you are driving towards a high-energy density device. And when you have a high-energy density device, you do not have a capability to, dev- to provide the power pulses that are needed. Otherwise, you end up with a battery that, char- that dies way too fast. And uh, the moment you start pulsing it, or you can't get all the energy out of it, because your battery is going to droop, the voltage is going to droop every time you pulse it. So these form factors are in fact driving battery choices, which now become the limiting factor to deliver your runtime, to deliver your performance, uh, at the same time meet the form factor requirements that are needed. And and you're absolutely right. This is uh, basically where a lot of challenges and a lot of pressure on designers is coming down to say, how can you do this can you put the battery in different form factors? People are talking about, you know, putting it into the wristband of the watch. People are talking about trying to find a way to flatten the battery out to be able to stick it in a very low profile somewhere. All of these things end up challenging and putting the pressure on matching the power, the energy, and the rechargeability of the battery uh, in, in, the mm-hmm. same, in the same framework. And so your points are... Uh, dead on target in terms of what we're hearing from designers. Well, you know, and the thing is, though, Shreefal, a lot of uh, designers are taking that and they're using either ultra caps or super caps or some other burst energy storage method to achieve that pulse power, and then that just adds complexity to the system, right? And, And, you know, it can if you are trying to figure out how to fit a regular cylindrical or even a button super cap uh, into your device architecture, and this is this is the same challenge that smartphone designers have when they design these complex boards and uh, and the circuits. And now you have to find a way to fit everything like a game of Tetris, right? Where do you put the battery? Uh, yes. Where do you put the super cap? Where do you put these devices? Well, the most important thing that we do is take that challenge and and completely remove that pressure from the designer and say, we will fit what form factor you want because we are so thin and we can bend around corners. And so you can fit us into whatever you want your customer to use rather than having to force your customer to say, well, you have to live with my clunky device because I just can't get a super cap that's thin enough or, or find a way to fit it in. Almost every super cap that you find out there is is made using technology that is decades old in production, leading you to cylindrical or even button cells that are just uh, too bulky to use in, in where embedded electronics is going today. Mm-hmm. And you know something, uh, Shrifal, when you say that, it makes me realize that you're obviously not, when, you, when I hear the terms paper battery company, uh, you're more talking form factor than technology because something tells me you're not talking about just another zinc air paper battery here. Oh, no, we're, we're actually, um, the name stuck, you know, when we started the company out because the same uh, core technology platform of production and manufacturing uh, of the form factor was shown that you can make a lithium battery and a super cap. So we gave the name paper battery company, the name stuck. Uh, and uh, as all good uh, marketing trade names go, you know, it's hard to walk away from that because it is a compelling name. But the, the, the reality of the situation is we are working as an ultra capacitor technology, 
But I'll tell your um, users one very important thing to keep in mind, that the form factor that we bring together, it's not just an ultracapacitor. We have a multifunctional device in the same form factor because of how we layer the existing material set. So we buy commercial materials that are available, but we process them in unique ways, and we architect the structure in a unique way. And that gives us the best performing supercapacitor for that volume that you can buy today, but it also gives you a very unique capability of RF signaling um, and, R, sorry, RF shielding that you can now replace your existing RF shields in your electronic design and utilize this thin supercapacitor in its place. Got it, got it. Now, um, what about other system integration issues? How how different does it present itself to the system? How much additional design in is required? So, you know, with a very, very low ESR that we have, it basically can work with these very small batteries that people are having to use now in the IoT wearable space directly in parallel, connected right onto the battery itself with minimum electronics over there. And it's, it functionally works just to, if you're using it just to uh, match up with power pulses. Uh, if you look at mechanical fit, uh, as I already described, we can really adapt whatever mechanical design, if you need a 90-degree flex, we can provide you with a 90-degree flex in the device. When you look at the other electronics integrations, I think most people are very comfortable with using supercapacitors today and understanding how they work in a system. And that was a hurdle maybe six or eight years ago. That's gone now, where more and more of these devices are making it into mainstream products in transportation, in turbines, in, and so on. So the power electronics concepts of how to integrate these, not only are they well known, but you also have charge controlled single chip devices from companies uh, that are uh, well recognized, like TI and, and Linear, that, that give you solutions in a single chip. Mm-hmm. So, now, what kind of support do you offer engineers who want to integrate your solution into their systems? Well, they, we have uh, a very strong group that does demos and does teardowns and retrofits uh, as the beginning portion of showing customers what we can help them do in their devices. Because we are, if you if you take a look at us as just a supercapacitor component, you are actually leaving a significant amount of system level value on the table. Uh, one of the um, indications that I gave you earlier on should be the biggest clue that if you put us in in the right position, we can be an excellent RF shield, allowing you to take some materials out of your current bill of materials. If you look at us um, as a thermal solution, then we have a way to perform the thermal drawout so your junction temperatures could go lower, and all that is within a single form factor of a thin sheet. So what we have found that is really needed is a strong support in terms of design thinking, and we have our staff that actually has gone on site with customers, taken uh, mock-up bills or even demo bills, and shown them how our device could be integrated and we have a very strong applications team, both on the design side of the, starting from the chip level up, all the way to thinking about mechanics and, and thermal design on your system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that's very important because the best solution, I say this quite often, the best solution is useless if you can't implement it properly. 
<laughs> and not only that, but if you just throw it over the fence, then you have no idea where it's landing. And when you have a new technology like what we have, it's absolutely critical to make sure that people get the best value proposition. And no one wants to add a cost element. And what we show people is how you can actually be either cost neutral or even save costs by using our device. And this is the importance of the uh, support that we provide to our customers. Excellent. Well, and that makes all the sense in the world. So now, Shrifal, what I always do is I let my guest have the last word in the conversation just in case there was something we might have missed. So it could be something about the company. It could be about the products. It could be about your philosophies or just a tip you want to have for the audience, but the floor is yours. Well, thank you very much. It's uh it's great to have the, the audience that you have listening to, to the things that we are developing. And the most important element to remember is that if you're looking for a super cap, when you look at us, you'll see a good super cap. But if you're looking for a system solution that really allows you to get a smaller, thinner, higher performing device out, you really need to take a closer look at what we can offer because we can bring down the total cost of your device and a smaller size while giving you a better performing battery um, and, and better performing power solution. We have essentially a, a system that does better power management over your entire device, but also does RF shielding and all in one small thin sheet of material. And this is the uh, future of where supercapacitors, batteries, and systems integration can really drive to both performance and better cost in the, in the entire device. The energy efficiency uh, that we will drive forward will really enable an, another level of performance, we believe. I agree. I think uh, the whole aspect of managing small load levels, interim load levels, pulse load levels as efficiently as possible without losing in conversion is critical in these new systems, especially when you start talking about harvested energy and you name it. And, and you know this this is a, a this is a, a statement that I'm sure your your users have heard before. Uh, but the moment you start looking at what we bring to the market over here, your users will see a whole different paradigm. We are beyond supercapacitors in what we are developing and what we are delivering to the marketplace. And we have a product roadmap that is really exciting people when they look at us. And this is why we have the top-tier smartphone companies working with us. We are, we are maturing our technology into production this year, and we anticipate launching products by the middle of next year. So look out. Uh, we are coming, and we are going to enable your system to do some amazing things. I think you'll be able to follow through on much, if not all, of that. I believe in what you're saying there. You know, <laughs> thank you for well, your it's confidence. Always important. Oh, it, it, well, it's critical that we move the ball forward. And energy storage is the biggest bottleneck right now. We neglected it for so long, and now we're finally starting to see some results from our research. And it's not. And it's not just a single new material that's going to make a difference. It's actually a system-level thinking that we believe is needed because you have so many solutions out there, but the needs are driven by how you design your system to, to deliver the right performance and the right metrics over there. I agree completely. I agree completely. So, hey, Shrifal, I'm really glad you came on the show. I've got to drag you back on in a few months. We'll talk some more. But unfortunately, I've got to let you go today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and uh, look forward to engaging again. Oh, the pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. 
We obviously wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Don Power. Have a great day.